Maintenant, si vous avez là, vous avez travail, Hello guys, welcome to the 11th episode of the 1804. Um, today we'll be looking at, um, obviously you can see on the screen here, but a list of magistrates that are <laughs> deemed unqualified to even do their own job. Um, you'll also look at um, sanctions taken by Canada against um, former um, the brother-in-law of former uh, President Michel Martelly, and as well as um, the ongoing protest in Peru and the recent coup um, that was uh, that happened about a month ago so let's take a look now and before i start i just like you guys if you can just click the like button um subscribe to the channel and that would hate that would help immensely with the algorithms as well and um to show the videos to other people that may be interested in seeing what's going on in haiti on a on a weekly basis so let's get going here um so Essentially, um, the CSPG, acronym in French, meaning Conseil Supérieur du Pouvoir Judiciaire, um, there was a, I'll read it here. So, the Superior Council of the Judiciary, CSPG, gave the Minister of Justice, Emily Prophet, Emile C., a list of 59 magistrates, 28 of whom, which is 47, 47, about 47%, have been sanctioned and are no longer certified. These decisions were taken during a three-day retreat held last week by the Technical Commission by the Certification of Magistrates. In total, the CSPG sanctioned 28 magistrates depending on um, the case for lack of moral integrity, abuse of authority, drunkenness, facilitating the release of notorious criminals, or insufficient academic qualifications. Among the uh, most famous sanctioned magistrates, and we'll take a look into that. I've got a picture of the, uh, well, pictures of the official um, report given to the um, justice minister here. Um, so this is the report shared. Um, new, uh, new Jean-Joseph Lebrun, président du Conseil supérieur du pouvoir judiciaire et le conseil, conseiller Carve Jean. Durin Junior Duret, Wando Saint-Villier, Nader Désir et Evans Fils, lequel assisté du secrétaire technique Jean-Robert Constant, sont réunis à l'hôtel El Rancho. So this is where the three-day retreat was at the El Rancho Hotel, en Pétionville, dans le cadre d'un retrait professionnel tenu du 11 au 13 janvier 2023 en vue de statuer sur les 69 dossiers transmis par la commission technique des certifications pour la certification des magistrats. So, they did it. They just uh, conducted a, a review and essentially found that 28 of the magistrates are unqualified, either for um, improper documents, 
um, un sorry, they're sanctioned, but either for improper documents or um, some type of nefarious or illegal activities. Um, so you'll see here, um, this is just the list. This is the list of non-certified um, magistrates. So, um, for example, Magistrat Rosé Massena de Mon, Leroux, Magistrat Jean-Michel Fortuné, um, all in their respective um, tribunal in the in their respective cities or um, departments. Um, but the list is kind of honestly embarrassing and very long. The fact that there's 28 of them and not even the and we'll get to that the next point. But there was 28 of them that are unqualified, yet they showed up to work every day acting um, and using taxpayer money to conduct their whatever job they were doing. Um, I think it's a shame. And on, it's in a sense, this is honestly embarrassing for the country because I don't think I'm like rich or poor country, even countries in the same situation as Haiti. I don't think I would ever see something like this, especially from people that are supposed to uphold um, and interpret the law as well. Right. So, yeah, Magistrat Le Gros, Le Gros Avril, Magistrat Pierre Michel Denis, Frédéric Lenis. So this is a long list of people and you can see here. So juge de siège de tribunal de première instance du Cap Haïtien. So a judge. Um, juge et juge d'instruction et tribunal de première instance de Port-au-Prince. Okay. Magistrat James Robert. Juge et juge d'instruction au tribunal de première instance du Cap Haïtien. Magistrat Michel William Destiné. Juge et juge d'instruction et tribunal de première instance de Caille. Magistrat Ramon Sté Assimé. Juge et juge d'instruction au tribunal de première instance de Port-au-Prince. So this list is crazy. I have, honestly, most of these names I do not know. A few of them I'll mention, they are, they've been mentioned in past stories, um, either for corruption or any type of nefarious activities as well that is published. Um, but the, um, most of these people um, on this list have not made the news really for any type of illegal activities or intent other than recently with this um, this new finding as well. So even here. So Magistrat Brady Fabien, juge et juge d'instruction au tribunal de première instance de Port-au-Prince. Magistrat Lucien Georges, juge de siège au tribunal de première instance de Port-au-Prince. Magistrat Evans Eltimar. Substitute du commissionnaire du gouvernement près la cour d'appel de Port-au-Prince. All these that were sanctioned held high positions in um, in the uh, judicial system in Haiti. Um, which then again, you respond in this once you take up this job, once you become a at least in my view, when you become a public servant, um, you're not in it for you yourself. Yes, you want a good salary to support your family, but you're doing the job to serve the public. You're getting paid with taxpayer money and you're taking the job. That my problem with the main problem with this is that I'm sure there's a lot of um, young Haitians or Haitians in the system right now that would do the job with no corruption and would do it well. But sadly, the positions are taken up by a bunch of um, dumbasses that just want to enrich them, themselves while occupying positions they don't even qualify for. Only in Haiti you will see this nowhere else. Only in Haiti. So, and just to give you an idea, I'll go back to the article here. So, among the most famous sanctioned magistrate, Jean-Osna Petit Papa, who had 
exonerated the former requester of the Senate accused of embezzlement. So, yeah, so Jean-Jean Petit Papa exonerated. He's the former requester of the Senate. And a requester is basically you just hold like you're responsible for um, public revenue and expenditures. That was his main um so he had exonerated the former quester of the Senate, and apparently that Senate was the the former quester of the Senate was accused for embezzlement. Okay, so we've got the other guy here, Ramon Cité Assimé. Um, he was in charge. He was in charge of the Petro Caribe case and suspended the Petro Caribe investigation. So the Petro Caribe case is the, it was the investigation once um um once Venezuela was hit by sanctions from the United States. That completely um, stopped the Petro Caribe credit line fund, which essentially was subsidizing the gas price, the um, gas prices for Haitian citizens, um, obviously um, in Haiti. So the fund of that money for the sub for the subsidies, um, they were gone under the Martelly investigation. And you see too, um, one of the I forgot his name, but he uh, Ronnie Celestin, um, literally that same year. Uh, bought a house in Laval for $3.4 million. Alors, l'argent de l'État vraiment uh, made its ways around, we can assume. Um, so, um, so who else here? So, and vice president of the... So, yeah. Ramon Assimé, so he was in charge of the Petro-Caribé case, and he had suspended the investigation. Um, he was also the um, vice president of the National Association of the Haitian Magistrates. Um, Gary Aurélien, Aurélien. Um, accused of corruption in charge of investigating the case of the assassination of President Jovenel Moïse. Okay, so that's another guy that's on the list who's been sanctioned, um, uh, sanctioned and are no longer um, certified. Okay, um, so we have Ikinson Izume. Um, this guy, he, he was in charge of the case of the Haitian state against Sojourner having canceled the mandates against shareholders of the private electric company. So, so, so if, for those of you who don't know, Sojourner is a private company owned by Dimitri Ivorb, um, um, from a German descent, uh, German descent in Haiti. Um, he's one of the old, uh, considered oligarchs that had a sweetheart deal with the state of Haiti to provide, which I find dumb, but he was essentially, his company was providing electricity to Haiti to, to the electrical grid, um, essentially. So he had a sweetheart deal with that. And there were, um, um, fights through the court, um, to the just, um, the justice system, um, in Haiti, cause, um, regarding a co the contract that he had with the state. Um, but we, I'll let you guys take a look into that as well. Um, so he was in charge of that case and as well, but not, I don't, I was to make, uh, make it clear. He's not in charge of the case where, uh, where I recently mentioned where there was an issue with the sweetheart deal. What, um, IT Liberté is, is alluding to here is I'll read it again. Um, he was in charge of the case of the Haitian state against Sojourner having canceled the mandates against shareholders of the private electric company. So there you go. And he was also the secretary general of the national network of Haitian magistrates as well. So these guys, were in position in high positions and yet like half of them were not even qualified and yet they're the one these are judges of like putting <laughs> sentencing people making decisions and yet they're not even qualified to do their own job that's crazy to me um you also have jacques lafontaine commissioner of the government of port-au-prince um him 
um, he was accused of being very decried and lack of and having a lack of moral integrity. A decision that qualified as 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 illegal, Mr. Lafontaine, who also accused certain members of CSPG of conspiracy. So yeah, I'm missing one guy here. Oh yeah, no. And then you also have Zamor. Um, he's the commissioner of the uh, government of Quadibouquet, and he allegedly facilitated the release of several alleged notorious criminals. So this is a guy holding an official position as a public servant, and yet he's letting notorious criminals um, go by free um, <laughs> in the streets of Haiti. And that is crazy. Because to me, like, if you're a public servant, like nobody forced you to do these jobs. Why are you taking up these jobs? And then you're not even doing the job right. And not even for that, for the sake of that, you're not even qualified to do the job and you're upholding the position. And that's another thing too, like which raises a point is that like what, who oversees the judges? Like, um, like this report, obviously this was clearly like a nice, good, a needed audit to see who's qualified, who's not, who's actually serving, wants to serve the public and who does not want to serve the public in Haiti. Um, clearly shows, but it raised the question, like, who oversees these qualifications? Because it'd be different that, um, like, I'd be less vocal about this if there was, like, a list. Of, let's say it was um, five, six, seven. Um, this is 28 people um, that were um, that were basically accused and are no longer certified um, um, by the CSPG as well. Um, and just to give you an idea of their the the their responsibility of the CSPG, this is a pr um, presentation that was given to the um, OAS. I believe I keep forgetting the acronym. The OAS, like oh, the Organization of American States. Yes. So this is a presentation, and just to give you like what their responsibility is by their definition, um, l'administration et le et le contrôle du pouvoir judiciaire sont confiés à un conseil supérieur du pouvoir judiciaire qui exerce sur les magistrats un droit de surveillance et de discipline et qui dispose d'un pouvoir général d'information et de recommandations sur l'état de la magistrature. So essentially, I'll read it here, the, I'll try and I'll translate it. The administration and control of the, of the judiciary power are confined uh, to a consultation, a uh, superior consultation of the power of the, the judiciary who exercised on the magistrates the, the right of surveillance and discipline and dispose of power of general information and recommendation on the state of the magistrate. So that is their responsibility, really, um, to surveil and discipline. That's what they were created there to do. Okay. So and even then, so this is this was a list of twenty eight magistrates, um, and I did some more research, and this is not the first time that um, this has happened um, as well. Um, back in twenty twenty, the CSPG excused dix-neuf juges pour faux diplôme, um, vol, racketeering, um, and mock d'intégrité. So it's not the first time a bunch of judges in Haiti, and these are the same people that are supposed to. Again, I keep repeating it uphold the law which already haiti um in the situation it's not somewhere the laws are really structured you can get away with a lot in haiti especially if you've got money especially um if you've got money um so 
Um, I say so. This has happened in the past, like, and mainly for um, false diplomas or in racketeering. Um, let me see here. And this was, yeah, 2020. And this was the list here. So you see the article purpose, the list. So Sony Doran, Pierre Richelieu Joseph, Rosemar Louis Jeune. These were all judges, juge de siège, juge de siège, and some, um, extra judges or backup judges as well. Um, and even here, another article, this is from 2020. This was last year in May, 2022. Um, oh, sorry, not May. Um, February. Um, so another list of non-registered um, deputies. So I don't know how, what the issue is, how they they even get, um, how are they even able to get into these positions? Like, how easy is it? Like, I'm wondering if there's even a type of um, like interview or like audit or review. Like usually like when you get a job, and you say you have a degree in something, they go check, they don't go, obviously don't go contact the school, but they'll check your document and see if it's legit. Um, so if they were forging, if they're showing fake documents, that's one thing. But then to that point, I would say there definitely needs to be a more robust and more money spent into supporting the CSPG and other parties to make sure that the judges that are applying for these jobs are being, or being elected to these jobs are actually qualified to do it and they're not um, mainly also um, corrupt but that is very hard to do in the country of haiti where literally every other person in politics um in the administration is corrupt at least in my opinion um so we'll see how this goes this was a good um, good job by the cspg and and really for the people um locking down at el rancho and during that retreat and doing a um very good job um honestly respect now what does this mean for the haitian people what i always like to think well this is a good thing in the sense that it weeds out the people that may have not um their heart is not into it or they're really like you can see like 28 people non-certified eating up taxpayer money um to occupy jobs that they're not qualified for um so what does it mean to haitian people exactly this is a good thing um any, any type of removal of corrupt um officials in the government i think is a win for the people in general now um what does it mean for the future this i i'm sure there's other um people um elected officials that are in positions that are in that are in hold, holding up positions they may not be qualified for um so i do i definitely do encourage more investigations like this um going on um it does help it does makes a small difference but it does help in the sense that maybe now there're going to be 28 new judges that will actually uphold the law and will not be corrupt but then again we will um we'll see how that goes um now in terms of like upholding the law like this is good um, if the, a lot of these people weren't certified, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, um, wondering the sense what, uh, uh, the effects of their decisions based on their own, like, um, their, their decisions on Haitian citizens that either got sentenced for crimes or in the middle of a, um, a, how you, how you would say that middle of a, um, of a case, a court case in that sense. And then these, unqualified or corrupt judges were taking this um, biased decisions based on their corrupt on their corrupt activities or beliefs 
or um, they weren't knowledgeable enough um, based um, since they weren't certified um, to do their job. So we'll see. One thing I want to show you. So one of the accused here was Jacques Lafontaine. And so this is a clip. It's it's a to me, it's a crazy clip. And just to show you the situation, Haiti, um, and how these people have no respect for the Constitution, no respect for the most of the population, and no, I'd say no respect for themselves and the rest of the country. But this is Jacques Lafontaine. This is after the CSPG report was made uh, public. So he said he's not going to demission. He's not going to leave his post because he he's Haitian and I need he needs to eat. He needs to eat. So let me just replay. I'll play the clip again and I'll... I'll demission so this guy said i need like i'm Haitian. i need i can't demission because i need a job to work to eat to feed my family kids and even if i had a girlfriend i'd have to feed her too take care of her too my bad so this guy who's basically not even qualified for the job said he's not leaving his post and then he's saying i need a job this guy is in his 50s and it's like acting like yo like Acting like this is a normal thing to do. Just occupy a job you're not literally not qualified for. And also, this is the same guy that has um, decried and mainly accused having a lack of moral integrity, but he's not qualified. He's sanctioned. He's not qualified for the job. So this guy, <laughs> sorry, I watched the video many times, but he said he's with two people, he's associated with two people on earth, Jesus Christ and Ariel Henry. He could have named anyone else, anyone else in the world. But he named Ariel Henry. I don't know if he's trying to pledge his allegiance. And I don't know if that's his daddy. He's trying to pledge his allegiance with him. But the fact that he named Ariel Henry out of everyone else. And keep in mind, Ariel Henry, de facto prime minister. Um, one of the suspects in the assassinations. Um, even he had a phone call before and after um, with the one of the prime suspects, Felix ba um, Joseph Félix Badio, um, after the assassination of um, Jovenel Moïse. Um. And he's claiming here that the CSPG can't certify um, commission, commissioners of the government. Um, but that's not actually, they can do that in a sense based on their presentation and their job. Um, and they can definitely uphold and um, hold people accountable um, based on if they don't have any um, qualifications. Because they're really the CSPG's job is to overview. Um, all the judges and make sure everything everything is going on smoothly. So, what, if there's any type of issues or corruption, that's their job to um, create an alert, um, create reports, and then send it to the minister of judges, minister of justice, um, so she or he can decide what to do next and the next steps.
Parce que nous ne pouvons pas dépendre de eux. Mais le système de CSPG a dit sanction tous of them. Ils ont le droit de faire ça. Donc. Sur nous seulement. D'accord? Ils ont le droit de regarder sur nous. Les gens nous ont pour nous laisser passer pour nous prêter serment. Parce que nous devons prêter serment devant le tribunal près duquel nous avons exercé l'autorité. Donc en cela, son bail qui a gagné, son bail qui a accouché au montage souris, parce que il n'y a pas de droit à ça. Et, yon, yon, et parce que le principe, sous le principe, il n'y a pas de respecté le principe du contradictoire. So, he's claiming, and he's claiming that the prince, like, the CSPG is trying to get him out, and he said the principles are not, don't make sense. But this is the same guy. He's trying to be on this moral high ground, but he's not even qualified to do the job. So what are you like? Whatever you're saying, it's not. Whatever he's saying is like what to me is dismissed because you're not even. You shouldn't even be there in the first place. The motive for meeting the yard, as que je n'ai pas été interrogé sur ces questions, sur ces motifs. Donc le menu des questions qui t'a adressé à moi-même, motif ça pas la donne. Motif, j'ai dit que je me libère. So. We'll see how that goes. He's claiming that, and I'll play it again here. But in this clip here, we'll play it again and I'll give you my point. Le principe du contradictoire. Yo pense, yo prend des de, de motifs pour mettre dehors. Alors que je n'ai pas été interrogé sur ces questions. So he's saying um, they can't really take him out. They can't really remove him because he was interrogated on these questions, um, which, okay, like you want to say that, I get it. You want them to be questioned, um, but you're still not qualified. Like he, and specifically, he was out here, he was a commissioner of the government of Port-au-Prince and for being very kind and lack of moral integrity. Um, the CSPG, if they accuse you for having lack of no moral integrity, if you're not qualified, they must have dirt on you as to why. So whether or not you got questioned or not, I get it. But if they had, they didn't, they didn't, I, I, I can't see the CSPG conducting a report, meeting up in El Rancho Hotel for two days just to create a report to lie on you with 28 other magistrates where there's proof that um, they're corrupt or they're not qualified. Samotif. Donc le menu des questions qui t'a adressé à moi-même, motif ça pas la donne. Motif je dis que me libère. So we'll see. We'll see. One thing is funny, once when Haitians lie, they get very loud. That's all I know. They get very loud. Uh okay. So next I want to show um focus on really is the sanction against uh, yeah canada sanctions ex-president Martelly's brother-in-law and former haitian politician so i'll get into that so you see a picture former lawmaker Anel belizeur which Anel belizeur if you've tuned in i believe it's i believe episode four or five i don't remember but Anel belizeur it might have been three but Anel Belizeur was the same prosecutor that had accused and was pursuing accusing um former Prime Minister Laurent Lamotte of buying 200 ARs from Israel and then it shipped from Israel to Canada and then from Canada to Haiti. Um, 200 um, ARs 
that he bought and wasn't necessarily accounted for according to him. So now he's that same prosecutor that accused um, Laurent Lamotte. Now, Arnel Belizar, he is sanctioned as well, uh, which I find in, uh, I honestly find interesting in that case. And I wonder why. Uh, but we'll get into that. And as well as um, his name, uh, well, nickname Kiko, but Saint Remy, um, he's also um, san- um, sanctioned, but he has links to um, to corruption and drug um, drug trafficking in Haiti. But I'll get into the article here. So the Canadian government added more names Friday to its sanctions list involving Haitian political figures and business people. The sanctions were announced by Minister of Foreign Affairs, Melanie Jolie, and target two members of the Haitian elite. Businessman Charles Saint-Rémy, that's the um, Michel Martelly's brother-in-law, and former lawmaker Arnel Belizeur. And he's the one that, again, I, he had accused, he was um, presumably uh, ac- accusing Laurent Lamotte of buying two, 200 ARs to support gangs um, in Haiti. Um, the two will be barred from entering Canada or having any financial dealing in the country. Any assets they have in the country also will be frozen. They joined 13 other Haitian figures, including former President Michel Martelly and Prime Ministers Laurent Lamotte and Jean-Henri Seyan, who have been sanctioned by Canada since November, as part of a new foreign policy being waged um, by both Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government and the Biden administration. The new designation brings the total number of Haitian sanctions by Canada to 15. The U.S. Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Assets Control Meanwhile, has issued four sanctions since the, then, including against the most recent president of the Haitian Senate, Joseph Lambert, and three other current and former lawmakers. Treasury said that they had informed that the politicians engaged in international drug trafficking activities and corruption. During a meeting this week between Trudeau and Biden at the North American Leaders Summit in Mexico, the issue of Haitian sanctions was raised. Trudeau noted the stark differences between Ottawa and Washington in issuing designation and reportedly pressed the U.S. to do more. So actually, that's, well, two points to make here. Um, in terms of, we'll get into Saint, I want to get into Saint-Rémy's history. But um, one point when I, and I agree with Justin Trudeau here in the sense that U.S. Washington needs to do more. The thing, if you follow the, san- um, if you follow the sanctions that have been going on, a lot of them, uh, the sanctions have been placed by Canada, so any type of asset they have in Canada are frozen, which, which is good. But the thing is, most of these dudes, most of these oligarchs live and reside or have most of their assets in, in the U.S. So in terms of the effects of these sanctions, they definitely have more of an effect if the U.S. matched the same sanctions that Canada took. Because, yes, it's a good thing in the sense that Canada is taking these sanctions, but on a grand scope of things, it has little to no effect um on these oligarchs um because most of them are in haiti i mean not in haiti sorry in um in the states even then this is just my personal opinion it would even make more sense too if the dr took sanctions against these oligarchs too because they've got assets and businesses as well on the on on the east side of the island um of hispanolia so um, we'll get into that too, but usually I'll continue here. Trudeau, in speaking with the press afterward, defended Canada putting sanctions on the Haitian leadership that are responsible for so much of the misery people are going through. This current situation is heart wrenching, and we need to continue to be there for the people of Haiti, he said. 
that's why Canada's focus as we stepped up over the past few months has been, first of all, in putting significant sanctions on the elites who are responsible for so much of the violence and political instability. But please, guys, don't be fooled by this because at the end of the day, although they're taking sanctions, Canada, as well as the international community, is literally still holding up and having conversations with a de facto prime minister. Being a de facto prime minister is one thing, but being there's concrete and concrete proof and evidence and it's been reported by the canadian broadcasting corporation you can go check it out cbc and it shows that de facto prime minister Ariane Henry was literally had conducted two phone calls with one of the prime suspects of the killing of Jean moise which felix um was joseph felix badio who was accused of even planning the whole assassination um well sorry not planning but kind of coordinating the assassination so now here the biden administration has requested that canada led a multinational security force in haiti to help the country's beleaguered national police force stem the violence that is hampering daily life including delivered the, the delivery of humanitarian aid I asked about whether canada will take the lead trudeau did not say he called the situation in haiti heartbreaking bullshit <laughs> and said canada will continue to stand with the people of haiti So we'll see here. So that's one thing here. So uh, these sanctions, and I have to get into Anel Belizeau. Honestly, I have not seen much about him, but there must be some. There must be something um, on him for them to oppose these sanctions. But just to show, it's funny because even the actors that seem to be, and then again, who knows what he's accused of, Arnel Belizeau specifically. But these actors that seem to be actually for the state. Uh, meaning trying to help Haiti and for the people may have their hands in corruption as well. Um, they might be, and even that, that even leads me to believe not leads me to believe, but um, to suspect like, okay, well at the time, Arnel Belizeur um, did accuse Laurent Lamotte of, of buying ARs uh, for potentially only to potentially um, um, supporting gangs. But at the same time, um, he could have been doing stuff. He could have been doing illegal stuff and maybe uh, accuse uh, Laurent Lamotte for uh, for reasons why we don't know exactly. It could have been some issues they had between them two as well, or some completely different reason. Or even then, he might, he could have maybe believed that actually Laurent Lamotte was conducting illegal activity. But at the same time, though, you see, and this is the situation in Haiti: a lawmaker getting sanctioned. And this is possible someone that's deeply entrenched into in, in the sense that um, of helping the state and bettering the state and really the um, the functioning of this responsible for the functioning of the state um, is getting sanctioned. So it's not it's not a good look at all. And even for his um, integrity, it's not a very uh, a good look. So I'll get into here and maybe I'll get more on Billy Zell. Uh, Billy Zell is a former member of the lower chamber of deputies from 2011 to 2015 representing Dama District in the Metropolitan Port-au-Prince. His list of accusations includes alleged threats against the U.S. Embassy. So, basically, his list of, his list of accusations includes alleged threats against the U.S. Embassy. So, last April, he was shot at least four times, according to the Haitian Times, while leading an anti-government demonstration in the Sanfield District of Port-au-Prince. 
The incident occurred not too long after the former lawmaker had been released from Haitian prison in December 2021. On November 19, 2019, Berizal was arrest arrested along with others while carrying weapons and ammunition from Port-au-Prince to Jacques Meur. Hmm, so that's what, that's what it is. He was accused of plotting against the internal security of the state as a result of making alleged threats against the U.S. Embassy and the, and the Basri La Couronne, the bottler for Coca-Cola in Haiti. That's interesting. See that here. So he was accused of plotting against the internal security of the state as a result of making alleged threats against the U.S. Embassy and La Brasserie La Couronne, which I really wonder why he would be making threats. Um, which maybe I'll take a look into after this episode. But uh, Belizel's travel visa to the United States had previously been revoked by U.S. Embassy. Hmm. Okay. Canada says the sanctions are intended to put pressure on those responsible for the ongoing stability and violence, including widespread sexual assaults. Um, these people must stop providing funds and weapons to criminal gangs in Haiti, Ottawa said in a statement. Canada condemns the weaponization of sexual violence in Haiti that is devastating the lives of so many across the country. All right. So we'll see how this goes. Honestly, Billy Zell was not someone I had on my, even on my radar until these sanctions. So that took me by surprise. Um, however, the sanction against Saint-Rémy, not, well, in terms of like uh, the group he's associated with, not surprising. However, it was a good thing, um, sanction. But this, I want to show you here. This is an article from the New York Times back, uh, oh, wow, two, already two years ago, um, December 12, 2021. And it's called, um, titled, Haiti's Leaders Kept a List of Drug, Haiti's Leader, Jonathan Moise, Kept a List of Drug Traffickers. His Assassins Came for It. So this is alluding to, so the Jonathan Moise assassination, because there was, um, Apparently, there was a list. He had a list of about a bunch of uh, tr drug traffickers that he was going to give to U.S. authorities or some type of authority to um, obviously uphold the law. And so they can face um, charges. Um, so apparently they're saying um, one of the main reasons he got assassinated was of that reason, too. So that list does not come out. So any so basically his his assassination could have been associated mainly to. Um, narco trafficking so i'll let you guys read the article here but president julian moise of haiti was about to name names before being assassinated in july he had been working on a list of powerful politicians and business people involved in haiti's drug trade with the intention of ha handing over the dossier to the american government according to four senior haitian advisors and officials tasked with drafting the document um, the president had ordered the official to spare no one, not even the power brokers who had helped pr uh, propel him into the office. They said one of several moves against suspected drug traffickers that could explain a motive for the assassination. For the assassination, When gunmen burst into Mr. Moise's residence and killed him in his bedroom, his wife, Martin Moise, who had also been shot and lay, lay bleeding on the floor, pretended to be dead. Which, that story, even... Uh, that story, I'm not going to take too much time, but even the that story of her being there, um, like they went after Moise and then they shot her arm, but she pretended to be dead. That story is a little weird to me, um, but I'm don't want to loot anything right now. So maybe next episode I'll get into that. 
Um, but that whole that 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 story is a little weird, and I'm only weird because even in her public appearances, when she um when she's talking about it, I get a weird vibe from her. But anyways, it could be just me. But I'll get back to this here. So, describe how they stayed to search the room, hurry digging through his files. So that's it. They finally declared that one um that one another before fleeing. She told the New York Times in her first interview after the assassination, adding that she did not know what the gunman had taken. Okay. Investigators arrived in the cr- crime scene to find Mr. Moya's home, office, office ransacked, papers thrown everywhere. In interrogations, some of the captured hitmen confessed that retrieving the list Mr. Moise had been working on with the names of suspected drug traffickers was a top priority, according to the three senior Haitian officials with knowledge of the investigation. So... I'll encourage you to read the rest of the article here. It's titled, um, Haiti's leader kept a list of drug traffickers and assassinates came for it. But the main reason I wanted to bring you here is because, like you, like we previously saw, Canada sanctioned um, for, uh, former lawmaker Billy Zell and accused drug trafficker and former brother, well, brother-in-law of ex-president um, Michel Martelly. What I want to show you here is what these reports are saying he's involved with. So I'll get to the first one popped up. So this is at the end of the article here. Well, if you guys don't know, well, if you guys can see it, this is uh, this is the picture of um, how you call it, Israel Moïse's uh, house. That's where he got assassinated. And then, so I'll get into here. I would be fooled to think that narco trafficking and arms trafficking didn't play a role in the assassination, said Daniel Foote, who served as a U.S. special envoy to Haiti before stepping down last month. Anyone who understands Haiti's politics or economics understands this. A central, and this is where it gets interesting, a central figure on Moise's list, so the person on one, so the list that Mr. Moise was preparing, a central figure on Mr. Moise's list was Charles Saint Remy. So, and keep in mind, this is the brother-in-law of Michel Martelly. And keep in mind, Michel Martelly is the same guy that propped up Juvenel Moïse to be, um, well, supported him and propped him up to be the next um, leader of the PHDK party. Okay? So this is the brother-in-law. So Charles saint Remy, known as Kiko, two of the Haitian officials tasked with helping dra- um, draft the dossier said, Mr. saint Remy, a Haitian businessman, has long been suspected by the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration of involvement in the drug trade. Notably, he is also the brother-in-law of former President Michel Martelly, who lifted Mr. Moïse out of po- political obscurity and tapped in exactly tapped him to be his successor. Mr. Martelly, who is considered another run, who is considering another run for the presidency, and keep in mind, just for context, this article was from 2021. I doubt. Like Mr. Martelly was considering a run now, especially with the sanctions on his ass. And and Mr. Saint Remy were hugely influential in Mr. Moïse's government, with a say in everything from from who go who got public contracts to who to which cabinet ministers got appointed. Okay, so I'm gonna read that again. Mr. Martelly, who was considering another run for presidency, and Mr. Saint Remy were hugely influential in Mr. Moïse's government with a saying everything from who got public contracts to which cabinet ministers got appointed. According to Haitian officials inside and outside his administration, oh, sorry, according to Haitian officials inside and outside his administration. But Mr. Moise came to feel that they had, 
they and other oligarchs were stifling his presidency, his aides said. American officials say that they are looking closely at Mr. Moi's effort to disrupt the drug trade and challenge powerful families as motives in the assassination. And they note that Mr. Saint-Rémy emerged as possible suspects early in the investigation. But they cautioned that Mr. Moi threatened many of the economy the economic elites, including a number of people with deep criminal connections. Mr. M- Mr. Martelly and Mr. Saint-Rémy did not respond to a detailed list of questions for this ob- article. Obviously. Obviously. I'm not surprised. And that's the what, by the way, like, anyways, I'm not going to talk, speak on people's wives, but like, I want to know what the wife's role in all of this. So, but anyways. So, I'll get to the next point where they name his name. So. So I'll get another year. So another part here. When Mr. Moise was chosen by Mr. Martelli in 2014 to be a successor, Mr. Martelli introduced the nation to a supposed outsider with a uh, peasant origins, a man of the countryside who had life lifted himself out of poverty by running a banana plantations, banana plantations. Mr. Martelli's associate said his first met Mr. Moyes during a conference and was struck by the entrepreneur's business acumen. But the story was misleading. Mr. Moyes had mostly grown up in a capital serving the original board members of his banana plantation said, say it was a failure. And Mr. Moyes was already a close associate of Mr. Saint-Rémy and at least one other suspected drug trafficker. So at the time, too, Mr. Moyes was already a close associate to Mr. Saint-Rémy and at least another suspected drug trafficker, which personally leads me to believe, um, obviously, Moyes, like you're in, a, he was in a position of he had to please the oligarchs, businessmen, and then try to find any public funds to help the country. But I'm sure at that time he knew um, Mr. Saint-Rémy was involved in drugs. Um, so I'm going here. So this expands a bit more on the involvement. But by two, by 2000, Mr. Moïse had met and become business partners with Evans Daniel. According to relatives and acquaintances of both men, Mr. Daniel and close friend of Mr. Martelis would later be accused of drug trafficking. Mr. Moyes worked for Mr. Daniel on one of his ventures, Mariella Food Products, which produced biscuits with pigtails um, with a pigtail schoolgirl on the packaging. A former high-ranking Haitian police officer said the company was suspected of being a money laundering front. There you go. The full extent of Mr. Moyes' involvement in the company is unclear, but a former Senator Jean-Baptiste Bien-Aimé recalled the men coming to his office talk about the company about a decade ago and said the men were often with Mr. Saint-Rémy, the brother-in-law of Mr. Martelly. So, clearly Mr. Saint-Rémy has his hands on almost, at least, any type of legal activity. You can assure yourself that Mr. Saint-Rémy is there, especially at least during that time that Mar- Michel Martelly was in power. Um, I'll go over here. Mr. Saint-Rémy has publicly admitted that he sold drugs in the past. So I'll read that again. This is the article saying this. Mr. Saint-Rémy has publicly admitted that he has sold drugs in the past, but claims all his businesses are now legitimate. If that is not the biggest lie ever told ever. So you say you sold drugs in the past. You're still, you haven't been accused. You haven't been 
You haven't served time or actually gone to court. You haven't faced any consequences, okay? And now you're saying that now all your businesses are legitimate. Like, what changed is my question. Why are they legitimate now? <laughs> so, that's, that's funny to me. Uh, Haitian law enforcement officials and former DEA officers who recently served in Haiti says he is still believed to be one of the country's biggest drug traffickers. So, these are former Haitian law enforcement and former DEA officers saying this, that he is still one of the biggest drug traffickers in Haiti. Which also then, that brings me to my point, which is which is sus, which is very sus. Like, again, Canada's taking all these sanctions and the U.S. is not matching these sanctions. Like this, like they raised a lot of questions as to why they're not raised, like they're not sanctioning them. Because to me, like then again, the most obvious, something like the most obvious decision, like if the, it would make sense, right? Like just sanction them both, and you're gonna help the Haitian population if that's what if that's really the goal of doing it, right? If that's your intentions, like show like show me what you're doing, right? Like don't just say it, do it. Show me what your actions, and the uh, U.S. is really showing their actions there inaction i could say um by not taking any type of sanctions against well we saw that canada took sanctions about against the richest man in the caribbean Gilbert Bigio. um the u.s did not and Bigio happens to reside in florida okay and then now you have saint remy which according to former haitian um, police and um da officers he's one of the biggest traffickers on the country who happens to be the brother-in-law of sanctioned Michel Martelly, he's not sanctioned. So you've got Biggio, you've got former president who was propped up by Hillary Clinton and the U.S. government, um, former president Michel Martelly, and Mr. Saint-Rémy, who are all sanctioned by Canada, but yet they're not sanctioned by the United States of America, which to me would have way more effect of the way they, they move their money around. Especially if you know in the, um, the U.S., and I'm assuming Mr. Saint-Rémy, if he's smart, they're not using gold. They're using U.S. dollars to facilitate that. So if you're using U.S. dollars to do that, a quick sanction, whatever bank he's associated with, either in Haiti or the United States, would definitely help. So that raises question to me, what, what are the intentions of the United States in this too? Because they haven't said anything publicly on this, even on the Bijos case last week. The sanctions, the sanctions that would make have the biggest effect, they haven't taken it. Yet the sanctions that have little to no effect, so on former politicians, there were corrupt politicians, and they they were um, some of them are involved in narco trafficking, but they took it, for example, on Fourcan, who was involved in allegedly narco trafficking, whether big or small, that is good. Um, but if you're trying to be consistent, you took you took sanctions on him, but you're not taking sanctions on um, Saint Remy, which the New York Times report. That he's literally publicly admitted to selling drugs. Crazy world we live in. Jesus. So, I'll continue here. I'm Mr. Oh, sorry, I reread that part. Jacques Jean Mr. Moye's cousin, said he and Mr. Moye's worked with Mr. Saint-Rémy in the eel industry. Eel is the type of fish. You don't know. I didn't know that probably a year ago. <laughs> um, with his brother-in-law as president, as president, Mr. Saint-Rémy wielded enormous influence, often demanding that, uh, choice that choice licenses and contracts be awarded to him, particularly eel export licenses, according to officials in Martelly's government. So basically, he was using his relationship with Martelly um, to get these sweetheart deals and advantage in this. Hey, 
More power to you, man. When his demands were not heeded, he could turn violent. In 2015, Mr. Saint-Rémy assaulted an agriculture minister for issuing a contract without his consent. An, an altercation reported at the time and confirmed by a former government minister. So this guy is not even an elected, just to show how much power he allegedly wielded in the government until he was there. This guy is, is not even in a position of power and he's getting mad for contracts that ministers are giving without his consent. So definitely wield a lot of power in Haiti. As Mr. Saint-Rémy's holds and hold on the eel trade solidified, Mr. Moise decided to get out of the sector and focus on agritrans and banana plantation near his hometown. My father said that Martelly family cornered their eel business and made it difficult to, um, to get in, said Jovarlin jo Moise, the slain president's son. Mr. Moise also kept in touch with his associate, Mr. Daniel, who had opted uh, opened a hotel in Lekai, a coastal city in the south, an official interrupter said. In 2013, Mr. Daniel told authorities that he found 23 packages of marijuana floating at sea while he was on his boat and decided to bring them home. Mr. Daniel said at the time that he and Mr. Saint-Rémy Saint, um, Saint Rémy called the DEA to pick up the load he discovered. Prosecutor Jean-Marie Salamon doubted the story, suspecting it was a ploy to cover up a drug deal gone bad after locals had stumbled on the stash. He arrested Mr. Daniel on drug trafficking charges, but he said Mr. Martelly's Minister of Just Justice personally intervened and ordered his release. More corruption here. Another one here. Mr. Moise was unable to choose his own cabin without the approval of Martelly or Mr. Saint-Rémy, they said. The Maltelis would often call Moise, yelling at him for his le legislative initiatives, according to several people over the conversations. So I'll let you guys hear the rest of the article. But yeah, this guy's definitely been, uh, he's definitely involved. And was, I'm still saying, like, what does it mean for Haitians here? Well, these Canadian sanctions don't almost mean shit for um, Haitians um, or the drug trafficking going on in Haiti. Um, for this to have an effect, the U.S. really actually needs to do it. Are they going to do it? I do not know. Um, they're busy sending billions, billions, billions to Ukraine that's losing a war against Russia. Oh, sorry, a proxy war. Um, a proxy war. And they're sending military aid to Ukraine that is losing a war against Russia. Um, so I don't know what if they're too busy to look at these the, the list of articles coming out or the names. Um, Canada's doing it. And then you could say it could be for uh, political play. Um, it could be definitely, um, but sanctions are sanctions that they, they do take effect. Um, so the fact that the U.S. is not taking sanctions and Canada is is very telling to me that it seems like they're either not in, the, in bed with some either U.S. official um, U.S. government is in bed with some of these economic elites, or they're they're fearing um, they're trying to they fear fair um, they fear facing repercussions of these economic elites if they take certain sanctions on them as well. That's what I believe personally. So we'll see how these, uh, that goes. Like I said, um, for this to take an effect, it, uh, the U.S. really needs to step up and place these sanctions. But we'll see how, we'll see if that happens. Um, last story, it won't take too long. But uh, this is from, um, so obviously there's a, there, there was a coup in Peru um, a U.S. backed coup in Peru, 
And Ben Norton, a journalist, I'll encourage you guys to read the article, but tweet here, Peru's U.S.-backed coup regime is now bringing back the tactics of the fascist Fujimori dictatorship. And this is a, one of the last dictatorship dictators in Peru. Um, in Peru, he ran, he was the president around the, in the nineties where now his daughter, his daughter today supports the coup and she's sorry, not so she didn't say she support, supported the coup, but well, indirectly, yeah, supported the coup. Cause she does, she said publicly, she supports the de facto leader currently in place right now. Um, um, oh my God, I forgot her last name. Yeah. Dina Boluarte. So she's the de facto uh, president right now since the um, the coup. Um, so it is charging protests with terrorism and ordering police to search for leftist books by authors like Marx and Lenin. Um, so I encourage you to go read the article fully in Spanish, but you can get it translated. But this is the same thing they've been doing. They did um, back in the 90s. So just to show you really um, in the sense that Latin America in the Caribbean is still in a struggle for true democracy and freedom. Um, you can see doesn't matter where, or when the U S will always, <laughs> will always be there. Um, went to support a coup as long as it obviously, um, um, supports their interests as well. Um, so I'll take, um, I'll let you guys take a look at the, the article here, but it's very um, interesting to see what's going on in Peru. Um, now will the, will, What's her name again? Dina Baluate. Will she be upheld as president? I'm sure she will stay and serve her term for a long time. Because the same thing can happen um, once the coup, the after the 2004 coup uh, of Jean Baptiste Aristide in Haiti, there was a lot of protests, but it was um, a lot of it were a lot of the protests were fought back by Haitian National Police to try and. Um, the protests down and bring the support down this is the same thing that's going on in peru a lot of um, protesters are being arrested for literally expressing a bullshit coup that everyone knows everyone knows was bullshit and they're getting arrested for that and as well as being prosecuted too so we'll see how this goes um for something something i'll keep i'll i'll keep following here um but yeah that that's it for me guys um, thank you for tuning in um, to the 1804. I like your um, I like your support. I appreciate your support immensely. Um, please, if you get the chance, um, like or dislike um, the video on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel if you do enjoy um, these videos. Um, leave comments or even um, feedback. Anything you'd like to see, you'd like to, for me to cover, or anything um, that you like about the show or you dislike. Um, we're trying to improve it every, every week, um, to get better content for you guys. Um, so thank you very much. And please, when you can as well, last thing, um, go follow the 1804 official on Twitter. Uh, so it's the 18, uh, the 1804 official on Twitter. We'll see um, the, the links to the episodes out as well as other um, interesting maps I post here. And even, let me show you here, even um, post some maps, videos, of what's going on in Haiti or, um, or the world. Maybe. So take a look when you get the chance, guys. Um, take you, thank you, and take care.